Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. For nearly seven decades, Champaign-Urbana's daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join it on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Now... Here's your host, Brian Barnhart. And hey there, hi there, good morning, welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts. Coming your way here in late June now, the 22nd day of the month of June. Another hot day in store, a high of 92 in our forecast from AccuWeather and a high of 90 tomorrow. 907 and nearly 80 degrees already here in Champaign-Urbana. Good to have you with us on a Penny for Your Thoughts. A lot of education talk today. We um, were all over the board a little bit yesterday. A lot of um, talk yesterday about the increased use of marijuana and the sales of marijuana, legal marijuana and so forth. Uh, that was a hot topic yesterday on the first day of summer. Uh, of course, we have the primary coming up next Tuesday. Maybe some of you have already voted. Early voting has uh, been ongoing, as we've told you uh, several times here in the last couple of weeks. And, of course, the uh, primary coming up. Uh, we have the uh, governor's debate coming up uh, tonight. We'll tell you about that here as we go. We'll have it on the radio for you. But we'll talk education here at first. And uh, one of the um, hot topics here locally, and I happen to live in Muhammad, so I hear a lot about this, but the uh, Muhammad Seymour uh, school referendum uh, question on the ballot on Tuesday. We had the uh, superintendent, Dr. Lindsay Hall, with us about uh, two and a half weeks ago and uh, got her um, pers uh, perspective on all of this and what's involved and why they need it. Uh, the school district is growing. They've got uh, the junior high building is particularly uh, old, and uh, they're addressing uh, that need through the referendum. And, of course, uh, property taxes would be affected by uh, for the residents in Muhammad. Additional space added uh, to the Middletown Perry Elementary School, Lincoln Trail, Muhammad Seymour High School, new transportation facility. I think it all adds up to about uh, $98 million on a, a bond issue that's on the ballot. And uh, the vote on the school board, I think, was 4-3 to three for the referendum to be put on the ballot. So right there it tells you there's, there's some debate in the community itself as to, okay, should we do this, should we do that? And we had one perspective on it, and we're going to have another perspective today. Uh, I've been working and looking for someone who could say, okay, um, I like this, I don't like that about the referendum. Here's a couple of things to think about. Rebecca Richardson will join us. She's a 32-year resident of Muhammad, raised three kids with her husband, who is also a um, who was in education, a uh, Champaign public teacher. And uh, we'll get to her thoughts on all of this and just give you a little different perspective on it and uh, we'll do that till the bottom of the hour then we'll do some open line time and then coming after after 10 o'clock uh, ted dabrowski is going to join us he's the president of wirepoint so jim Dye did a, a couple of columns on this about a week ago having to do with the uh, reading level third grade reading level of uh, students uh, indicator is what it was focused on but they also did similar studies for champagne and urbana and muhammad and 
you know, St. Joe and, and school districts around the area. And so we'll talk to Ted Dabrowski about some of those numbers and what it means uh, in the state of Illinois uh, with, when it comes to education. So we'll talk to him about that in the second hour. We'll go with him as long as uh, we can, and then uh, we may finish with open line at the end of the show, depending on how it goes. Jim Dye joins me tomorrow in the second hour at 10 o'clock, and we've got a flashback Friday at the end of the week. So we're getting there to the end of the week, and we're getting to the end of June. Ten after nine, we'll come back and get Rebecca Richardson on the line. We'll talk about this Mohammed Seymour referendum coming up here in a moment. Back on Penny for Your Thoughts, 79 degrees, just about 80 at 9.14. Uh, tomorrow night, I may have inadvertently said tonight, tomorrow night is Thursday. Uh, here are the final Illinois Republican gubernatorial debate before the June 28th primary. It'll feature several of the candidates for governor. Tune in from 7 to 8.30. Tomorrow night, you'll hear the Republican primary uh, candidates uh, for the office of governor. All of that coming up tomorrow night here on the radio. Well, I mentioned uh, some of the details of the Mohammed Seymour referendum that's on the ballot. Uh, Rebecca Richardson is uh, joining us here this morning. And, Rebecca, how are you? Great. How are you, Brian? Good. Good to have you on. Now, you've lived in Mohammed quite a while, right? Yes, I have. Uh, all of my all, my kids basically were raised there. So this will be uh, like, I guess, uh, we've lived there a little over 32 years now. Well, and uh, I think when we first connected, uh, your husband has been a teacher, right? Educator? Yes. My uh, my husband uh, taught all through his career, uh, uh, 35 years, uh, most of that being in Champaign. So we have been longtime residents of the county, um, and, you know, obviously 32 years of that in Muhammad. So, um it's it's a it's a wonderful place to live. Well, it really is, and uh, the school district's growing. We all know that. I live out there. Uh, a lot more people have come to town, and uh, when that happens, obviously you got to uh, you've got more kids going to school, and so just kind of give me your perspective on uh, the referendum. Kind of, I don't know where you want to start, but uh, your thoughts overall on it. Uh, is there a need to expand, or or just just give me some thoughts. Sure, uh, and I'm happy to. Uh, you know, I, I think you know it's a very complicated issue, and um, I think most Muhammad citizens feel very uh, feel very close and and uh, to education and and the importance of it. And and I think that um, you know, no matter which side of the referendum you fall on, whether you support it or whether you think there are better ideas, um, I think most all of us. Uh, have the best interests of, of you know what's best for the teachers and the kids and and the, the people who are involved in the in the system. So um, this is you know personally, I, I think there's no person there's no bad reflection on on anyone whether they support the referendum or they don't support the referendum. Um, uh, and and you know I happen to fall on the side of the equation that. I believe that there are better ways to solve uh, the challenges that we have in the district, uh, particularly the uh, the growing, as you mentioned before, the growing need um, for expanding classrooms and you know mm -hmm. utilizing our resources in the best way possible. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my focus is to try to figure out, you know, is this the best way to spend ninety eight million dollars, or you know, should taxpayers 
be burdened with that at this point in time when, you know, inflation is, is, uh, is really wreaking havoc and, you know, families are really struggling to try to make ends meet. And it's a, like I say, it's a complicated issue, but um, I think there are better ways to, to address it. Yeah, well, let's start. I guess the focus has been, Rebecca, on the junior high, right? Because it's an old building. I think everybody agrees. Um, Is that one point of contention or or thought is one is obviously to just level it, demolish it, and build a new one out by the the Middletown Prairie out there? Uh, I know other people have said, well, let's maybe look at it and see if there's a way to renovate it or improve it. I mean, I guess that's the starting point, right, the junior high? Yes, uh, definitely. That's going to be where the bulk of the money gets spent is building a new building. Um, and it will be located, uh, the plan is, the school board has, has indicated that the plan will be to build that new building uh, all the way out on the east side of town uh, near adjacent to where Middletown Prairie Elementary School has been built. And, uh, you know, that's, that in and of itself poses some challenges. Um, I think there are some valid reasons why the, you know, the, the, the folks who are advocating for the referendum want to, want to do that. And I think some of those reasons are, like I say, are valid, but some of them I think are um, maybe in the best interests of some of the folks who have advocated for um, the referendum and maybe not be in the best interest of the students and of the residents of the village. So, you know, I, I do think that there, um, personally, I would like to see um, more focus on trying to figure out what we're doing with the resources that we've already paid for. So, for example, the junior high building is an older building, but there are certainly many, many, many schools that are older than, than the Muhammad Junior High School. And so I think that um, there are likely ways I've talked to an engineer myself and said you know who is familiar with the junior high and and they have said he has told me that um, he believes that there definitely are ways that you can um, improve the building as it is you know as it as where it stands and you know when we're talking about trying to to increase capacity for all of the schools in in Muhammad Building one building to replace another building to me isn't doesn't seem like the best the best approach. Um, so I would like to see you know there there are, and there were other ideas that were were brought up in the bulldog blueprint process, which I I participated in that process as did only really a few people in the in the community uh, participated, and that was a bit of a disappointment, but. Um, you know, I think uh, we pay a lot in uh, taxes for our school district um, and the students in it. Um, and so, you know, I feel like there are ways to solve the problem of overcrowded classrooms that do not um, include building a new junior high. Mm-hmm. So um, I could see building a new elementary school and actually reposition um you know, some of the classes, the classroom grades, grade levels K through two staying at Middletown, uh, grade levels building a new three through five center um, at, you know, adjacent to it. So there would be somewhat of an elementary campus on the east side. And then, you know, preserving the junior high, at least parts of it, using Lincoln Trail as a, as a um, 
sixth grade transition um, or even, you know, building a school that's three, four on the east side and five, six at Lincoln Trail and then having the junior high be truly a junior high for seventh and eighth grade, which there's plenty of room in the building, um, you know, to accommodate two grade levels, just not three. And then, you know, the high school for now would, would remain where it's at. So, you know, I, I, and that's just one idea. I mm-hmm. think there are several ideas that, you know, that were mentioned during the process, but, you know, I, I'm a little bit jaded. I feel a little jaded on what the blue gold dog blueprint process was supposed to be in the first place. <laughs> so, uh, mm. you know, that's, that's another, that's another topic. Yeah. Rebecca Richardson is with us. We're talking about the Muhammad Seymour superintendent. She's lived in Muhammad over 30 years, raised her kids there. Her husband is an educator, was in Champaign. And, uh, I know education has been very important to her. And, um, I think anything in that when you're talking about this amount of money, I think it's 90, is it 98 million? Uh, and then I guess the this is part of a step one. Really, they they'd like to do more in the future. I think that total could get up to a hundred and twenty eight million, depending on uh, expenses. But uh, from what they're saying is it would be on this bond issue, and they don't see any future taxes being needed in the future. But um, I mean, is that an issue for yeah. you? Or is that, that amount of money okay? Or what do you think? Well, it's it's kind of interesting because I, I kind of did take a look at you know. Uh, what we already do pay. And, um, you know, Muhammad, the tax rate, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the, the information that's out there in, in the mailers and in the, you know, social media says, well, we pay, we're one of the lowest, uh, we have the lowest rate of, uh, of tax, uh, property tax in the county. But that's just one factor it, when you think about, you know, what property taxes we do pay. The rate times the assessed value is really what we, you know, what we end up paying. And um, Muhammad's rate is about 4.62 uh, per $100 of assessed value. But So that means because our assessed values in our homes are so much higher than most other places um, in Champaign, actually in every, we're, we're the highest assessed value town. Uh, we pay an average of $3,370. That means half of us pay more than that in property tax, half of us pay less. As an example, just to, for comparison, the uh, Rantoul has a tax rate of 7.09 per 100 uh, assessed value. Now, that's, you know, that's not quite double, but it's, you know, much higher. But their uh, assessed value um, means that they pay an average of $1,728. So, you know, I, I think it's a little bit disingenuous and misleading for um, the focus to be only on the rate that we pay for property tax because we pay far more in property taxes than any other school district in the county. Um, so, and if the referendum passes, of course, that will even, the, the, the margin will widen we'll be paying the average of $4,056, and the next closest will be is Champagne at $2,909. So you see, I mean, there's quite a lot of money that goes into our school systems. Um, and so, and, and by the way, that's if interest rates um, stay where they are. As we know, inflation has caused the feds to raise interest rates, so um, the tax burden on us is likely going to even go up higher for uh, the cost of building the new school. 
Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, uh, it, and ironically, our district spends less money per student than any other <laughs> in Champaign County. So, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's a quagmire of, of, you know, things to consider. And, um, I just, you know, it's fascinating to me how we can be in this position because we've kind of kicked the can down the road for so long that we're kind of cornered now. Mm-hmm. And I just don't believe that there's only one solution to this problem. Mm-hmm. And uh, one other thought I know that's out there, Rebecca, has to do with the high school and, you know, w- tied into this plan and it's got a lot of square footage. Uh, what's the future for the high school down the road? I know some people have raised that question, right, in regards to all of this. Right. And, and you know, I think that the high school is, you know, it, it's it's also crowded. Um, you know, I think all, all of the schools in Muhammad are growing because we, you know, it's such a great place to live. And so um, I think, I, I, you know, obviously building a new high school is, is something that I think is less a priority, but I, you know, there have been some who say, well, if you start by building a new high school, then a lot of these problems, if you can expand the high school, um, you know, then some of these problems will, uh, you know, will be, will be taken care of. But I still believe that, you know, we have capacity issues at all of our schools. So um, I think building a new high school, you know, will be great at some point. But I don't, you know, I, I, I am in agreement that it's not a highest, the highest priority. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just would like to see the school district have a long-term plan, save money, and um, use sales tax dollars wisely. Um, and, I, you know, I, I don't want to be so super critical of the of the school district. I know they work really hard. I know that the, the school board has a lot of issues that they, that they deal with. Um, I just believe that we have not really had a comprehensive long-term plan in place um, other than using the land at MPE near, near Middletown Prairie to build a new junior high. I mean, I think the developers and the realtors and the, the, the bankers and the folks who stand to gain a lot um, by that, uh, you know, by that decision have decided that that's the end game. And then we're working backwards to try to figure out how to make that happen rather than, you know, starting with the problem and analyzing different options and trying to figure out, okay, how do we, what's the least burden on taxpayers to accomplish a long-term 20 or 30 year plan as opposed to the 10 or 15 year uh, band-aid solution that, you know, that this current referendum is, is, uh, you know, trying to address. Rebecca Richardson with us for a couple more minutes. We're talking about the Muhammad Seymour School District referendum. Some have already voted probably. Uh, others, of course, the day to vote, the final day to vote is next Tuesday. Um, as you talk to people in town, what's your sense? Is this going to be pretty close, do you think, or do you know? Oh, I do. I, I think it will be very close. As, as always, I'm, I'm a big advocate for you know making sure every person knows that their vote may make a difference, may make the difference. So everyone who, you know, everyone will be affected by whether, if this referendum passes, everyone, even if they rent, even if they don't own property, um, everyone will be affected. So I think it's, it's, it behooves everyone to recognize the fact that, 
you know, you at least should be in the game and you should have a say, a voice. And, um, you know, I, I just believe that, you know, asking um, for this much money at this time when, you know, inflation is, is crazy um, means that we'll be in debt for generations. And my worry is that, um, you know, even the group who is advocating for, for, this, um, for this referendum um, it says, you know, they say it will only serve our needs for 10 or 15 years. And, you know, that's our debt will be far, far longer than that. So I, I just feel like we're, you know, it's kind of like we're rolling a snowball downhill and it's just growing and growing instead of, you know, stopping and saying, OK, we, we need to figure out, you know, what it is that we're going to do and utilize the resources that we have that we've paid for already and, um, you know, make really, you know, good decisions that taxpayers can support. Hmm. Well, we know, Rebecca, and I know your husband knows this, having worked in Champaign, uh, these are big decisions because, I mean, a few years ago, Champaign was talking, we were talking about building a whole new complex out north of the, you know, north of town. Uh, mm-hmm. and at the end of Prospect, we wound up not doing that and building, you know, is keeping central central as the, the case was, but, the you know, it's... <laughs> That's, that can have big impact either way, whichever way you go. Right, and um, I do believe that you know there, the schools do need upgraded. There, there definitely are things that need to be that that need to happen. Um, but I just think that um, there are better and less expensive ways to you know to improve the district. Uh, you know, a friend of mine has said that you know nobody goes, nobody looks back on their their um, school hood memories and says oh wow i just i i went to school in the prettiest school they they remember the teachers they remember their friends they remember the experiences they have and so that's what i want to you know i feel strongly about you know my three kids went here um and now i have a little baby uh, granddaughter and you know she she may go to school here and i you know i want that for her too so um you know i want muhammad to to stay to, to get better and better, and I want them to be, I want the village to, you know, be proud of their education system just like we have been for the last, um, you know, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rebecca, thank you so much for the time. I know you have to run, but uh, I do appreciate you sharing your thoughts on it. And I'd, I'd heard, uh, you know, I've heard from both sides on this, and uh, I think everybody, everybody agree. Everybody kind of wants the same thing. It's just a, really a difference of, you know, how you do it and go about doing it. And it's yep. a good, and it's a good problem to have for Muhammad because, a lot of people want to go to school there, so I guess that's that's a positive in that way. <laughs> it is it's a good dilemma. It's a yeah. dilemma nonetheless. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Rebecca. I appreciate the time. Thanks, Brian. Very good. Rebecca Richardson with us, a longtime Muhammad native, and um, she's uh, had children in the Muhammad schools and raised them, and uh, just her thoughts, and uh, I had heard from a lot of people, said, you know, hey, it was great to hear from the superintendent, but uh, I know there are differing opinions in Muhammad as to what should be done, and uh, you can decide it out there, and I think uh, my sense is it'll be pretty close, too. All right, 9.32, our uh, news headlines here at the uh, bottom of the hour, brought to you by our friends at First Mid Bank and Trust, providing financial solutions since 1865. Visit firstmid.com to find out more. Got some reaction already to the uh, to our guest and thoughts. We'll get to those here in a moment. 
Hey, the uh, Beef House in Covington, Indiana, great stop on your way to Indianapolis. We stopped there, Big Ten tournaments, trip to Purdue, trip to Indiana. I think we've got Big Ten media days coming up. There may be a stop in there somewhere, I would think. But uh, the dinner theater over there, a couple of the shows, the Elvis show has been selling like hotcakes over there. Uh, $60 includes your buffet dinner, salad roll, soft drink, dessert, tax, and the show. Very limited seating uh, remaining for the Thursday, July 14th matinee. It's July 8, 9, 10, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 22, 23, 24. You can go to beefhouserolls.com and see all the same thing I'm looking at here. A show, too, that's pretty cool, and I think uh, some people may not realize how good this is. Uh, Rockin' the Ivories, July 29, 30, 31, and then into early August. The 88 keys of the... Grand piano and four additional keyboards, five pianos and keyboards there, rockin' featuring the music of Billy Joel, Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, Elton John, Little Richard, Carole King, and Jerry Lee Lewis. Ready to bring the house down in the original tribute to the legendary piano men and women. So check that out at the Beef House Dinner Theater in Covington, Indiana. All right, some folks want to weigh in here on Muhammad, and Lawrence is with us. Hi, Lawrence. Men and women. So check that out at the Beef House. Hi, Lawrence. You have to turn your radio down, I think. Hello? And Lawrence is with us. Hi, Lawrence. I'm men and women. So check that out. Okay. That's uh, too much reverb. Call me back, Lawrence. Hi, Eric. Hello, Brian. Hey. Um, I don't understand, first of all, when you have a guest like that, mm-hmm. that you don't hold her around so she can answer questions. Well, she only had a half an hour, 25 minutes. Well, that should have been thought about, maybe, mm-hmm. and made it. And she's probably not the best guest to have then. Because this hit and get things is not the way to go. All right, that's enough. But um, okay, I I've been attending school board meetings since last September, and there's other issues around there that with regarding curricula and safety and you know handling the LGB whatever community and all that. And you know this it's been interesting. Uh, there's one board member at the meeting Monday night. Her name is her last name's Hennessy, and I got to give her a lot of credit because she said, "You guys come here, prepare statements, and, and it never hits on the agenda." I mean, we can't. It's like we're not listening to you, and, and she basically apologized for the rest of the board. And I found I, I said, "Not that I agree with you guys on everything, but you need you need to be heard, and we need to we need to work on these things." So that's that. And everybody just talks about property taxes the only way to fund this thing. You know, uh, you, you, and, and I don't think everybody agrees it's great the schools are growing because it ends up, uh, or Muhammad's growing because that, that becomes one of the problems. And existing residents keep on getting, they keep on going to the well for that. That's ridiculous. When they build, when, when you put a development in, I think you need to put a fee like you would to have water service out there or electric lines, whatever developers incur as costs. You know, they have to grade it, road, do the road, you know, the roads and streets. Well, they need to put a facilities fees for school and tack that on there. So that way, when there's, when, they, when there's an overcrowding issue, you've got money in escrow that you can deal with this. Hmm. And, and, and instead of having people move here and cherry pick our schools, which us residents have built, and, you, and, and, and then you overcrowd and everybody's, you know, whining and pissing and moaning about it you know it's just you know that could be avoided now i do find it you know and i don't know why it took me so long to really put that together but 
our school board president's a realtor. Now, I don't know if he recuses himself from buying or selling or sitting on any transactions in the Muhammad area and just works some of the other cities, but I want to bet that he doesn't. And I think that's a conflict mm. in my mind's eye. Your thoughts? Well, you're talking about Max Mitchell, right? Max McComb, actually. McComb, okay, Max McComb, yeah, right. Um, I mean, I don't know. You, so what you're saying is that you, that he should recruit himself because anything that would have to do with buying property, if he were involved in it, that would be a well. I mean, it, be, it would be it would be a clean it would be a clean hands deal if he wasn't buying and trading property, buying and selling property in Muhammad. If he was, if he worked Champagne, Savoy, you know, some of the other areas, that would be different. But I don't know that that's the case, and I don't know that anybody. I wouldn't want to hear that a major builder is a member of the school board. Anybody with, well, you know, outside of their membership of the school board, which I don't think it might pay some sort of a, a meeting fee or something, it's probably not very significant. It's not a financial uh, advance to just be on the school board. But if you, if you, of any kind, really, but, you know, if it does benefit your bottom line and, and your income and your life, that I think that uh, directly, I think that that needs to be looked at in the future. Hmm. We need, and we perhaps need to pick better people. The other thing is, you know, if you if you go look back, you know, this new school they got at one fifty. I mean, how high do ceilings need to be for grade school kids? I mean, I wonder if that thing couldn't have been built a lot more economically. That's number one. The Sangamon School, which is kind of near where you host the auto show right there. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Yep. Now, that, that's a beautiful building. It seems like a lot of businesses seem to be able to make use of it. Uh, you know, that, that should have been repurposed within the district and it's, uh, at least get, get some good market value, $750,000 for something that was, that had so many new sections onto it and everything else. That, that was uh, really poor stewardship. This discussion, of, of this uh, junior high saying the ceilings aren't high enough. I mean, what are you there to do? Are you there to go to a, you know, a cathedral or are you there to go to school? I'm, I'm more, you know, and then a lot of, of this bill or referendum has all these sports fields, you know. Really, it's incumbent upon the school to provide you physical education and make sure your body's healthy, you know, as long with your mind because they go together, as you well know. But mm -hmm. I don't know that, you know, any particular sports, to be be funded, you know, in, in such a way. I mean, everybody, I mean, I'd like to see an ice rink bill. Guess chances of that are, you know, just look at recent events. You know, Champagne. That's not going to happen. I'm not. I wouldn't suggest it. But you know, everybody, the people that use it need to pay more. Perhaps you know, there's people. I don't have any children in the school district. Never have. You know, how do you think I feel? Feel when I see considerable part of, my, uh, part of my property tax is devoted to this. Well, you know, I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah. But I do think that we need another mechanism for getting money. When developers, the, 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 the disconnect between the village board and the school board, that needs to be improved a lot. That, that the, Those two entities need to be, because it's basically the developers being let run loose. And, and without any personal, and puts the responsibility on the existing homeowners for their new developments. Hmm. You understand my frustration on that? Oh, sure. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, Eric, thank you, sir. I, I take it you're probably a no vote. So um, I. Well, you, yeah, if I could vote 10 times like <laughs> some people do or some of my dead relatives, I'd do that too, but I can't. So <laughs> yeah. I'm honest. All I'll right. See you later, Brian. All right. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. 217 356 I need to get a break in here. We'll come back with more in just a moment here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Back in a moment. I'm losing my mind just a little. So why do you just meet me in the middle? In the middle. Baby. All right, 948 on a penny for your thoughts here. Appreciate Rebecca Richardson being with us on, talking about that Muhammad Seymour School District referendum. Again, that vote, of course, coming up next Tuesday. Uh, we've got a caller here, and I believe this is Jesse Sullivan. Is that right, Jesse? Hey, that's right, Ryan. Good hey. to talk to you again. Hey, how are you? Hey, doing great. Yeah, hey. we're we're feeling really good. We're excited for Tuesday. Yeah, well, tell me what well, you know. You got a big rally tonight, right? Yeah, we're doing a we're having a party. Really, we'd love everyone to to come out and visit us. We're going to be at Hudson Farm uh, in Urbana. It, Doors open at five. We'll get the the show started at six. Love to share with you about why we need to all band together to save Illinois. Yeah, well, you give me the give me the stump speech here. Oh man, <laughs> well, I'm I'm a political outsider. Yeah. You know, I'm a Central Illinois guy. I grew up working on a farm. I just love these Central Illinois values of faith, family, and service. And we've gotten away from those in our politics. And I really hate what these corrupt insider politicians have done to our state. So I decided to do something about it. So my goal is to get faith and family values back into our politics again. And so uh, my wife and I have seven kids. Uh, We've got five uh, biological, two foster children, one of which is there in Champaign-Urbana. We help move out independently. And so, yeah, we just love our home, want to fight back against these terrible politicians. So what's, uh, how's the vibe been? I think you were in Peoria recently. Uh, you're doing the event tonight in Urbana. Uh, your sense of the state of the race here, I know there's been a lot of attention on this race, on the Republican side especially. Yeah, well, we are surging right now. We have a ton of momentum. Uh, you know, really what people want is a conservative that can win. And uh, what happened was Richard Irvin had the best lies money could buy, <laughs> spent a ton of money trying to convince people he was a conservative, but they didn't buy it. Uh, they saw the truth. And so he's been tanking, and we've been surging. And uh, the other is they want someone who can win and beat J.B. Pritzker. And uh, Darren Bailey, you know, co-sponsored a bill to separate Chicago from the rest of the state. J.B. Pritzker sees him as the easiest person to beat. Uh, so he's running millions of dollars of ads behind him. But, you know, we shouldn't let J.B. Pritzker pick who the candidate he wants to run against. Um, he doesn't want to run against me. Uh, I'm an outsider who can actually bring our state together and, and beat Pritzker and get these conservative values back into office. Well, it has been amazing. Uh, political advertising, and I'm sure you've learned this as, a, as an outsider coming in, it's a strange animal, isn't it? I mean, it's... Oh, uh, <laughs> it's awful. I mean, this back and forth. I mean, I, uh, and I get all these mailers from everybody... And I'm like, okay, I mean, these look really nice, but uh, I hate to tell you, but I'm probably throwing them away because I've seen it. I've seen so many of them. It's like, okay, I get it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. uh, it's a strange yeah. business, isn't it? It's so many lies. It's it's honestly part of the. It's a big part of the reason I decided to step into this. As I said, can't we do better? Our people are so good. Midwestern values, and then you move into politics, and it's like throw it all out the window. Honesty doesn't matter. Character doesn't matter. And uh, so we've tried to run a really positive campaign. You're, you're not going to see all that 
you know, negative misinformation out there from us. Uh, really, we're about a set of values, and we want to get these faith and family values back into our politics. And you can't trust politicians anymore. So more than anything, what I want people to know about me is I am rooted in my Christian faith. I want to go to heaven more than I want to be governor. And so I'll go behind closed doors, and I will fight for people and not give in to these special interests uh, that dominate our state right now. Hmm. Tell me more about the rally tonight again, uh, Jesse. What? Uh, where is it? When? Uh, yeah, so uh, come on out to Hudson Farm in Urbana. Uh, doors open at 5. The program will start at 6. Uh, just really bring your families. It'll be a fun event. And, um, and they really show up and vote on Tuesday, June 28th. And please put in a conservative outsider who actually doesn't owe anybody anything in this corrupt system that can change it and get us back to faith and family values. Jesse, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Good luck with everything tonight. Hey, I really appreciate it, Brian. Thanks so much. All right. Have a good night over there. So there you go. In Urbana, Jesse Sullivan uh, running for governor and uh, called in, wanted to uh, mention his event, 952 at uh, DWS. On a penny for your thoughts. Quick break. Back with more here before the top of the hour. On a penny for your thoughts here at 955. Let's get Joe in here before the news. How you doing, sir? You talking to me? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Well, anyway, yesterday I tried to get on, and I guess everything was against me because you you signing off and I was still on hold. But anyway, I was going to say something about Stan. Isn't that the guy that said that if you vote Republican, they're trying to take uh, take over America or something like that? Uh, uh, democracy. Destroy democracy, I think. Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing I was going to say. I was going to say, I'd hate to see what he's smoking because uh, I know the the the... The cannabis distributaries don't give out acid or nothing, but that's what I act like he was doing. <laughs> Say that again now. So, oh, you, oh, I see. Okay, yeah, I get it now. Okay, <laughs> I'm slow on the uptake. You go ahead. What else? Yeah, it's like the Woodstock. Yeah, they probably said, "Stand, don't take the brown acid." <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> all right all right Have a good one thanks joe appreciate it uh roofs by roger if you're uh, looking at your roof and we haven't had any rain really to test your roof here lately but uh, with the winds and hail and all the things that can happen during the course of the summer if you need your uh, roof repaired maybe it's just a little bit of repair maybe it's a lot i don't know roofs by roger they've been in business for 46 years he has roger ogletree 35 plus years since 1985 for roofs by roger Go to their website, Roofs by Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R. Great people that work there, Aaron and Janelle, and they'll be happy to help you. Uh, they never leave a job partially completed to work on another job. They're a master elite installer, GAF certified. Only 3% of roofing contractors in the U.S. hold that distinction. Residential and commercial, phone number is 217-834-3800. All right, some texts and emails here that come in. We'll talk to Ted Dabrowski about our local schools when it comes to uh, third-grade reading level and uh, other things regarding the schools. Uh, good morning, Brian. Wondering if our local politicians could explain why, if the census was wrong, why do we still lose a seat in the House? It's funny, one minute the census shows we lost people in Illinois. We're losing a political seat. Now all of a sudden the census is wrong. 
Illinois didn't lose people. Republicans are still losing a seat. Would love to hear an explanation on that. Uh, do you suppose Unit 4 voters would vote to support their referendum now if they would have known that the board was going to spend nearly $300 million, well above the $187 million approved by the voters six years ago? Uh, hi, Brian. Here's the good news for people voting no on the Muhammad school bond. Resistance is futile. Now the bad news, the project will cost $180 million in the end, our listener says. Uh, also, my father served on a small-town school board for many years. He observed that often a new member would come on with an idea of how something should be done or fixed. After being on the board a while, they understood the limitations faced by and the reasons behind decisions the school board has made. Yeah, I'm sure that's the case. All right, uh, need to get to the news here at the top of the hour at uh, 959 more to come. We'll talk about school districts in general and reading levels. And if you have some thoughts uh, for our guests coming up, certainly you can do that. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM WDWS. You can join in on the phone, via text, or online. Our phone number is 217 217- Three five six nine three nine seven, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, two one seven three five one five three five seven, or send an email to talk at wdws.com. Now here again, Brian Barnhart. And good morning again, everybody. Welcome back. Hour number two of A Penny for Your Thoughts coming your way here from our studios on Fox Drive. Nice and hot out there, 83 degrees, headed for a high of 92 here in East Central Illinois. I appreciate Rebecca Richardson being on with us in that first hour. We talked about the Mohammed Seymour uh, referendum out there and took some open line conversation uh, along the way and a couple of uh, questions having to do with districts i'll get to those if i get a chance and a couple of more on school boards so we'll certainly uh, do that we've got a, a guest coming up here in uh, this hour as well during the course of the hour we'll talk about a, a study done by WirePoints, and we've got the president of that organization on ted dabrowski uh, joining us here this morning ted good morning to you hey brian good morning thanks for having me on what is WirePoints? points let's start there yeah, we're a news research policy group. We're a not-for-profit, and you know our, our ultimate goal is to turn around Illinois. We, you know, we think this is a great state, but uh, we're losing too many people, too many businesses, and we feel like the policies are a little bit upside down. So we're trying to turn those around and, and make Illinois a destination state again by telling the truth about mm-hmm. its fiscal position, about education, uh, about you know government and uh, governance. So just trying to turn it around and telling the truth with the facts. Uh, that we can find on hand. Mm-hmm. Ted is the president of WirePoints. Uh, how long have you been doing this? Well, I, I Mark Glennon, who uh, founded it, and I have been together as partners for about about five years. And mm-hmm. uh, he, he started a little bit earlier uh, on his own, but about five years. And what did you do before this? Well, I used to work at the Illinois Policy Institute for a while, and then before that I was uh, in international management. I was in, in Mexico for six years. I was in Poland for nine years and uh, helping those states grow and develop and, uh, you know, eventually came back home and, and got involved in policy because I thought our, our country and our state needed it a lot, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of work as well. So mm-hmm. I got engaged directly. Well, let's talk about your study a little bit on uh, schools in Illinois. And I know uh, you, you can explain this, but I think it goes back to 2019 
Uh, you focused a lot on Decatur. You did a study there, uh, but also studied a lot of school districts around our area. So I guess, first of all, what did you find? Well, you know, what we did is um, I was ha- ha- doing a radio show on Decatur, so I was preparing for it, and I, and I looked at the uh, the data on reading abilities for third graders in Decatur, and I, I found that only 2% of of, uh, of black kids in Decatur could read at grade level in the third grade, uh, and only 16% of white kids could read at grade level. And I said, well, you know, that, that can't be correct. There's something wrong with that data. And uh, so I looked over at the math results for, for black kids in the third grade, 1%, and I you know that that got me digging into all the different districts across the state, and I, I found a disaster. I found stuff that I said, "Why aren't we having, you know, parents in outrage? Why why are we allow Why is the school system allowing to to allow this to happen?" And uh, just kept digging in more and found found out more about teacher evaluations, about the state board of education, and how they were grossly overvaluating school districts or schools, and uh, it's it's a real mess. And, uh, you know, education, this, this is our future workforce. These are the kids that are going to be our future workforce in Champaign, in, in, in Decatur, in Rockford, in Waukegan. And yet we've allowed the results to be dismal. Yeah, I know the last couple of years were affected by COVID. So a lot of the results are from 2019 uh, just because of that. But uh, and at once, yeah, we, we, go ahead. We tried to avoid the, yeah, we tried to avoid the, the COVID results because we knew that everybody would be talking about COVID. This is 2019 before COVID ever hit. And so uh, you know, we looked at specifically at Champaign. We're actually in Champaign last night mm-hmm. uh, with the Midwest Liberty Group talking about, about this issue to, to a bunch of uh, concerned you know, Champaign and, and Urbana residents. Mm-hmm. What did you hear from them? Well, I think everybody's kind of shocked at, at, at what's happening. Um, I, I don't think people believe these numbers. You know, if you start looking at, at you know, uh, Urbana and, and Champaign in particular, you start to see some very, very concerning things. You know, in Champaign, for example, the, the third grade, the reading proficiency, proficiency for third graders, just 10% can read at grade level. In Urbana, it's 6%. So, mm-hmm. so we're, and, and then what we do is we, we found is that we're just moving kids to the next grade without without them being prepared we have no no plan to help them read and so if you can't read in the third grade well you can't do history in the fifth grade and and you know whatever science in the seventh grade because you can't consume the the information so we're setting up our kids for failure Hmm. yeah you just wonder how that happens i get you know it's important and uh you know my wife has been a big proponent of this of reading to kids in the home you know getting them reading when they're young is that part of it people just aren't kids aren't reading when they're Real little before school even starts. Well, you can bet that's a big part of it. You know, these phones, you know, phones and technology. I think is hurting kids. They're, they're playing more games, but they're not reading, and and probably parents aren't on top of it. But I, I tell you, there's more to it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm blaming the system a lot in this. Not not teachers in particular. Not not parents in particular. Not you know superintendents in particular. The whole system is failing. And, I, and I'll tell you why. If you look at the the, the results I just mentioned to you. Um, even even with those poor results, if you look at most school districts, ninety nine to one hundred percent of all teachers get rated excellent or proficient, uh, and that's the case in the worst schools. They still get rated that way. You still have the state board of education calling many of these schools commendable. You know, that's their second highest rating. You still have uh, you know school district um, school district superintendents getting big big bucks and i'm just happened to be looking at uh, judy i don't know how to pronounce her last name judy wiegand or wiegand mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um you know she retired at 54 and uh she'll get six and a half million uh six and a half million dollars in lifetime payouts from her pensions and same thing goes for you know for somebody from urbana 
uh, retired at 56, will get $5 million. William Preston, $5 million in lifetime pension payouts. Somehow there's a disconnect between what the system is, eva- how it's evaluating itself and the results of kids and, you know, and their future. And so I, I, I'm arguing that we need to upend the, the system with, you know, things like school choice, because we, if we just keep doing the same thing, we're putting out generations of kids into, into our communities. They can't help our workforce. They, they just, they, they're, they're going to struggle. Yeah, I think the two of the people you mentioned, and Jim Dye did a column, or a columnist here at the News Gazette, uh, mentioned uh, the pensions. Two recent Champaign superintendents, Judy Wigan and Mike Kane, each retired at 55 and collected annual pensions of 163, 907, and 197, 683, respectively. So that's some of the the numbers you were talking about. Now, Illinois spends a lot on education, right? We're one of, in the top ten. That's right. So uh, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, we just need more money." And uh, we've looked at the data, and you know, you can look at various sources. We're in the top ten. We're the eighth highest in, in per student spending. When you add up the state, local, and federal money that comes per student to Illinois on average, we're the eighth highest in the country. So it's not like we're the highest in the Midwest. We spend a ton more than Indiana, for example. And Indiana uh, has better or equal results to us on most things, and, and yet they spend about $6,000 per student less. So it's not a money thing. It's a systemic thing. We have a systemic issue here. Yeah. Uh, Ted Dabrowski is with us. He's the president of WirePoints. They did a study on a lot of school districts here uh, across the state, but we're kind of zeroing in on some of them in our area. Yeah, I think you said 40% more than Indiana, 70% more than Florida uh, in school spending, which is uh, per student, I guess, is what we're looking at there. That's right, yeah. yeah. So, you know, our numbers are, are close to, you know, over 16,000 a student. Uh, Florida is less than 10,000 a student. I mean, that's, that's massive. That's significant. You know, they, and they have the same number of low income kids as we do in Florida. They have the same number of, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, they have a kind of a similar race makeup. Mm-hmm. So it's not, uh, like Florida's better off in that sense. Mm-hmm. And yet, even spending a lot less, their results on the national test are equal to or better than Illinois. Yeah, so you, we have to remove the money money thing from the equation. You mentioned now, that the, doesn't mean that some districts don't need money, but overall, it's not a problem. Sure, uh, I was going to ask you, Ted. You mentioned um, some of the numbers. What are some of the other numbers? Uh, area schools. What do you? Are they better? Like Muhammad or St. Joe or some of those yeah, districts. Yeah. So you know, and, and some of this is race. You know, the, the race issue um, that's brought up a lot and makes you makes you wonder. Again, some of that is parents. Some of that is is expectations. You know, maybe in some place our expectations have gotten so low that that it's it's not good. But you know, Muhammad is you know eighty seven percent white. Uh, Saint Joseph Ogden is is ninety four percent white. So, you know, they have a, a higher white uh, makeup, which tends to correlate with higher results across the state. So they do a lot better um, overall. I saw my- as a state as a state we don't do very well. Period. Yeah, like Urbana had an 81% graduation rate while its reading and math proficiency levels were 20 and 16% uh, respectively. Uh, Champaign at 82%, this is 2018, uh, Champaign uh, schools had a 82% graduation rate, but just 33% of graduates were proficient in grade-level reading and 31% in grade-level math. So there's a, a couple of numbers. Yeah, um, and so, yeah, you're seeing, this is another message to parents. You know, parents are being told, hey, your kid's, uh, you know, in the ninth grade, a whole bunch of parents are told the kids are on track to graduate, even though their, their proficiency levels are really low. And, and their, their kids get diplomas. Like you said, 81% of Urbana kids get a diploma. But in the 11th grade, less than 30% uh, are proficient in reading. So, so, you know, 
why are we allowing our kids to move through the system when they can't perform? And in Florida, what's interesting, uh, Brian, in Florida, they, they passed a third grade reading law that if a kid can't read in proficiency, proficiently in the third grade, they can't go to fourth grade. And what I like about that is that it forces parents, it forces the teachers, it forces the system to answer to the question, why don't the kids read and what do we do about it? And then it, you know, it creates a, a full court press for everybody to hop on the bandwagon and help that kid get to reading proficiency so that they can move on. And that's, uh, you know, it's a strict law. Uh, we've, tried, we've tried to put that on the books here in Illinois. We haven't been successful, but uh, I'm certainly in favor of that. Yeah, one thing I think was in the WirePoints report, it said uh, WirePoints analysts suggest that school administrators disguise poor student performance by telling parents their children are, quote, on track to graduate resulting from social promotion that leaves unsuspecting parents believing their kids are being educated. I found that interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I just look at the ISBE data, and, and I mentioned the, the State Board of Education says, uh, you know, these schools are, are commendable. You've got the 98%, 99% teachers are proficient or excellent. So everything is good. Uh, we're graduating them. It's good. But yet I was talking to a, to a, a, a community college uh, board member, uh, yesterday in Champaign, saying that you know so many of the kids graduate and they go straight to remedial. They go to remedial classes in community college because they can't do the English properly or the math properly. And I, I don't think that's fair that we have a system where we spend the eighth most in the country and that somehow we let a lot of these kids slip through. And uh, sure, I, as I mentioned, some of the results in Muhammad and all that might be better. And, and uh, you know, it might be better, but I would doubt in the same way that we, we, we're not... We don't have this this expectation of excellence anymore. We're we're having great inflation. Uh, we're lowering the standards. You know, of course, there's a whole discussion about the indoctrination that's going on and all that. That's a whole other discussion. Mm -hmm. uh, but the la there's a lack of focus on simple math, simple reading. And if we can't do that in our schools, why are we spending so much money? Or it begs the question: Is it time for school choice, where where parents can find other schools? The money follows the kids to the other schools, and we have a little competition and an improvement in outcomes. One of the other problems uh, Ted Dabrowski and his team mentioned, uh, sprawling duplicative bureaucracies. Some of the numbers on townships are and uh, and overlapping, I guess, right, of school districts? That's right. Yeah, that's right. And so, you know, right now we're talking about the Champaign area, but where I live up in, up in uh, Wilmette and Winnetka, uh, New Trier School District, we have a high school district. It's an independent district, and it has six feeder districts. They're all inside that high school district, so they're coterminous is the term. So you have six feeder elementary feeder districts and one high school, and each one has their own superintendent, their own bookkeepers, their own you know curriculum people. So you've got this massive overload of, of administration. They're overlapping. They're duplicative. We can have one unit district and take all that money that goes to pay for their pensions and salaries of all those administrative people and then have that go back into the classroom instead. Why do we have this bloat of superintendents and their and their you know their their assistants that are that are again duplicative? Get rid of them, make it make it more efficient, bring down taxes, and spend more money in the classroom. It, it just makes sense. Uh, good morning, uh, just, uh, just Brian. Brian, Brian, sorry about that. In Illinois, we have 850 school districts, which means all those superintendents and their staff. In Florida which is, has much lower, they have 75 school districts. So you can think about the level of bureaucracy is much, much lower. The results are higher, and their spending is much lower. Then you mix in the 
political contributions or back and forth on that, um, they're tied in pretty close then, right? Well, you know, that's another big part. Anybody yeah. knows, you know, we get, we're in campaign season right now. We have uh, the primaries. Um, you know, there's a huge relationship between teacher unions and, and, and union power uh, and the relationship with, with, with legislators. And I think there's just too much, you know, what do you want to call it, back, you know, back, what do you call it, back scratching, back scratching. two of them. Um, they have too much power. And I think the, the big finding of our paper is that the parents have very little power in Illinois. You compare this to other states, parents have little power, and it's the unions, the, the, the teachers' unions, in conjunction with the administrators and the superintendents, they have so much power. And we learned that during COVID when they were able to shut down schools, force masks, um, uh, force remote learning. Uh, they struck like crazy in Chicago, as we saw. So that we, you know, what we need to do is get a, a rebalancing of the system, power back to the people, and less power to the unions and the administrators. Uh, good morning, a listener says, before you start blaming the pensions, go back and see who voted to do the pensions. <laughs> Uh, as for the poor reading scores, how do you expect these kids to be able to read when a lot of parents don't read to the kids, or maybe they can't read either? Um, yeah, you know, those are all those are all good points. You know, the the, the pension mess. I'm not sure what the point was there. The pension mess is a bipartisan mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we've we've had Democrats and Republican uh, governors dole out more and more to the point where we have the biggest pension crisis in the country. Uh, you know, there's no doubt about that. So it's it's a bipartisan mess that needs to be fixed. Uh, and then the other part, sure, the parents, you know, a lot of parents, you know, are on the hook for this as well. Uh, but I still remind people that we, you know, we pay a lot of money in, in this state. Um, a lot of people work in the industry. They, they teach. They, they, they are supervisors. Um, they get a lot of money to do this. We need results. Mm. So um, I blame a big system. And look, you know, and, and again, I, it's not about blame. It's think about it. I was looking at the Decatur numbers. There's 8,800 kids that go there. Uh, you know, in, in Champaign, you've got 10,000 kids coming out of this, out of the, you know, they're in the, in the school system there. They're coming, they're our future workforce. And, you know, our future will only be as good as, as these kids are ready and prepared to be either in careers or go to college. Hmm. Um, and when you look at some of these schools and you look at like the Urbana results, 5,000 kids will come out of there over the next, you know, generation. Will they be ready for the workforce or will they be struggling? And, 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 you know, the more likelihood is struggling because you look at the results. It's uh, it speaks for themselves. They speak for themselves. Yeah. Well, how do you feel we get this turned around? Probably not going to well, happen. You know, not going to happen overnight, I guess. Right. No. And you know, we've been waiting a long time. You know, families have been waiting a long time. I think a lot of parents have given up, and that's part of it too. Uh, the good news is, is that the Supreme Court ruled yesterday uh, on on school choice and says that the the money can follow kids. This is a, a ruling in Maine, but it applies to the whole country effectively. Uh, is that money can follow the kids? You know, public money can follow kids to religious schools or any schools. And I think that the way out is for for some of this public money allow parents to, to be able to find a school that best meets their needs. Right now, I think people just shrug their shoulders. They either leave the state because they don't like what they see and go to other states for better schools and lower property taxes and all that, or they just shrug their shoulders and say there's nothing we can do. And I think school choice would, would rejuvenate, rejuvenate uh, education here. It's not a, It's not a you know, silver bullet, but it's it's part of the equation for for creating more competition and 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 letting parents actually be empowered for how to educate their kids and and how to use that voucher most effectively. Yeah. And I think one thing you made earlier, Ted, and you pointed out, and I think it's fair too, is you know that we're not blaming teachers. There's a lot of great teachers 
trying to do their best, you know, to educate kids. I know a lot of them. I know you do too. Uh, superintendents work very hard. Um, but you're you're really focusing in on the whole system and how we educate our students in Illinois and the fact that so many are not proficient at what they need to be proficient at, reading and math and so forth. Yeah, you know, this system, you know, it's 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 a big, big system. It doesn't work, so you can be a really good teacher. And, and like you said, I've, I've, you know, I've got four kids. They've gone through the public school systems, and and you know, I've I've liked so many of the teachers. And I think they're super smart. And they communicate really well, but they're part of a system, and you know they can only do so much. And if you have a system that just promotes kids through the system, even if they can't perform, um, then you know who, who's who's responsible. And I, I guess what it is is nobody's responsible anymore. And the fact that you don't hear, you know, and and thank you, Brian, for having us on this show because you don't see. The newspapers picking this up. They should. They should. This should be on, on the front page of every single newspaper. And Jim Dye did a great job of pointing out these numbers. The Tribune. Every newspaper should say, "Why do our whatever it is right three percent, seven percent?" And you know, this is the point of this paper. It's not just. It's not just Decatur. It's not just Champaign. Seven percent of Rockford kids, black kids. Um, only seven percent can read a grade level. Waukegan is eleven percent of the Hispanic kids. I can go through all over the state, CPS, of course, being a big one. So we should be screaming up and down, and this should be one of the biggest fights we have. You know, crime, yes, we got to control our streets, but after that, we've got to get our schools and our kids ready. And mm-hmm. if we fail to do that, we're failing overall. Mm-hmm. All right, Ted, before I let you go, where can people learn more about WirePoints? Oh, you can go to wirepoints.org, and on our website, uh, we have you can sign up for our daily free email that we curate. We grab what we think is the best news, including our articles that we write, and we can we can do the dirty work for you, gather them all, and send them to your email uh, at wirepoints.org, and then of course on Facebook, Instagram, and and uh, Twitter at wirepoints. Okay. Hey, uh, thank you, Ted. I really appreciate the time. Brian, thank you for giving such, you know such an important issue uh, the time it deserves. Very good. Ted Dabrowski, have a great day. He's the president of WirePoints. You can check him out at uh, wirepoints.org if you'd like to learn more about um, their organization. All right, 1032 here on uh, DWS on a uh, penny for your thoughts. Let me get a break in here for CBS, and we'll come back with more. All right, back on Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400, uh, DWS. All right, some more texts and emails that have come in. Somebody uh, rattled off, a, I think this is all the same person, asking about how many years did he teach, what's his level of education, talking about Ted Dabrowski. Um, I don't know any of that. I'm, the numbers are the numbers. I don't. What does it matter if he was an educator or not? His company's doing research on numbers from 2019 and doing research on how many Kids are third grade proficient reading, and I, does that matter? I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to answer your question. Um, I mean, I could put my own company and go study the numbers, and I mean, the numbers are the numbers. The math is the math. Um, had a question uh, here. It said uh, the school, Champaign School Board, has proven they shouldn't be allowed to make a dollar's decision on their own. It should all go to the city council. And we must get a hundred Mary Miller or Rodney Davis commercials a day. <laughs> Nothing from District Two, just north and in the listening area, Rantoul, etc. Uh, can Patrick Finkston tell us who's running in that district? 
Well, I, I know, uh, I think Shane Culture is running on the Republican side. I think there was only one Democratic uh, candidate. Those were a couple of names I saw. And the district, District 2, they're talking about, Illinois District 2, after the redistricting went through, goes all the way from right there at Rantoul, if you just go up 57 all the way to Kankakee, over to Pontiac, all the way up to near Evergreen Park, um, and just a little bit west of Hammond, Indiana, and down to Danville. So it's a huge district. And uh, there's just not that many. I think there's three people on the Republican side, and there's one on the Democratic side in the primary, which is probably why you're not hearing any ads for it. I hope that explains it. All right, 1039 at uh, DWS on a penny for your thoughts. Uh, Gary, how are you? Good morning, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to hear from you. Yeah, thank you. Hey, I just wanted to to make a maybe a couple of comments on the Muhammad School Board um, referendum. Sure. We've been in Muhammad for 27 years, I guess now, three kids who've gone through the Muhammad school system. So I understand absolutely 100% why people want to move to Muhammad. Um, But I think maybe due to some missteps over the years, um, and I don't mean to be critical of anyone, so don't misinterpret my comments, please. But, um, you know, the way we, we, I guess, not disposed of, but but sold the Sangamon School um, and other issues, I think, you know, have helped to put us in the situation that we're in right now. The bottom line is we have not seen a good mix of retail or manufacturing growth to help offset what the property owner is now being asked to burden. And for a community the size of Muhammad, we've had more growth than anybody in the county, I believe. Um, I just don't, I I can't support this referendum. I Mm -hmm. think um, I've heard school board members talk about how it's a responsible request. It just doesn't seem that responsible to me. And honestly, I don't think $90 million is going to be the end of it. I think it's going to wind up costing a lot more than that. And based on conversations that I've had, at least in our circles, I'm not sure it's going to be that close of a vote this time. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it winds up. Yeah, it is. Uh, do you have, I know, because the, the Sangamon school was was uh, sold or whatever, as you said, because they built the other one out where I live, right, Middletown Prairie. Yeah. Um, and I know some people have talked yeah. about, some people, one objection people have had is why are we building a junior high out near a school that has K through 2? Um, I know that's been discussed. Yeah. Um, well, and you know, another question, at least in my mind, is from a planning standpoint, we just built one brand new school, um, and now, what, five years later, you know, they're coming back and they're asking the property owner to take off a pretty big chunk here um, with respect to this referendum. So, I, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I don't pre- pretend to have answers to all these questions. But it seems to me that we've just, 
we haven't thought this growth out very well because it's been obvious for a long time. Um, everybody wants to be in Muhammad, um, and they've tried to do it basically, you know, the growth to counter the growth um, with multifamily, you know, construction. Um, there, there's a, a developer now wanting to put up 400 square foot mini homes. Uh, I'm just not thinking that's the way to achieve our goals. Yeah, my wife and I do a lot of walking around, and and uh, you know we've noted, you know, you added all those apartments on 150 there, just near the river. Um, you know, multi-house dwelling. The, the 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 place is booming. There's all kinds of expansion, but it's uh, it's one of those things. It's it what used to be a really small community when I was growing up. You know, it's just exploded, and uh, trying to yeah. figure out, you know, how to. <laughs> How to make that work? I don't pretend to be a developer, so I don't know what's best. But you know, yeah. you'll you'll have apartments here. To... Yeah, you'll, you'll you'll have apartments here, and you'll have condos there, and you'll have this and that, and it it's just growing real fast in a variety of ways. Yeah, there has to be a a good mix of development, um, and the only thing we're seeing with respect to development is residential multifamily, and if you're not increasing retail as well as what manufacturing is there in Muhammad. Mm -hmm. If you're not adding those two components, you're setting yourself up for a problem, and I think that's what we see right now. Yeah, because it's always been a bedroom community in a sense. I mean, people that didn't want to live in Champaign lived in Muhammad. It's fairly close. Um, And then a lot of people went out there for the schools. And uh, and you're right. I mean, uh, you know, the expansion of uh, different industries in Muhammad, you know, uh, it's growing so fast, but not all those things have been added. I mean, there's been restaurants, and the downtown is very nice, and some other things, but uh, I guess that's one of the hazards of growing so fast. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what, you know, how this referendum turns out. Yeah. Hey, Gary, good to talk with you. Yep, you too. Thanks, Brian. Have a great week. Appreciate it very much. You too. 1045, back in a moment here on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, Penny for Your Thoughts. Jesse Sullivan called in earlier. Somebody was asking, where is Hudson Farms? Well, I I called up my um, directions. And basically, if if I was to go from here, it's pretty simple, really. If we come, we're on Fox Drive, so it tells me to go Fox Drive up to Windsor turn left so go on windsor to the east go six and a half miles through urbana into the country turn right onto county road 1800 east and go about a half a mile turn right and it's right there 1341 county road 1800 east urbana illinois is where it is if you want to put that in your phone 1341 Is it County Road or Country Road? 1341 Country Road, it says here. And 1800 East. But if you just go out Windsor, through Urbana, turn right on 1800 East, and then turn right again about a half mile down, you'll see it eventually right there. So you'll probably see a bunch of cars. Went out there for a uh, Christmas service with the CU Church, so that's kind of the general uh, direction. All right. Uh, hey, Brian, I think you mentioned, uh, if I didn't get to this one yesterday, a friend or roommate asked you to join him calling college baseball games. 
Uh, did he ask you because he thought you had a great radio voice, which you do, or do you also have a good singing voice? Many good announcers do not. <laughs> now my uh, my friend uh, turned out to be my roommate. Uh, he eventually became my roommate. Uh, he wanted me to sit in with him and call college basketball games, women's college games at Liberty uh, Baptist College at the time. I did not have a good voice. I uh, talked through my nose quite a bit. Uh, that developed as I got older. I think I was 17 or 18 at the time. Some people told me I had a decent singing voice when I was growing up, but I didn't think so. Uh, what sport is your favorite to call? I don't know if I've got a favorite. They're all different. Uh, I always rank them by the easiest to call, which is easier to do. Foot uh, Football is by far the hardest. Football is really, really hard to do well. There are so many things that can trip you up calling a football game that and I listen to uh, uh, young broadcasters. They, they'll send me, I get all kinds of them. They send me uh, tapes or links to listen to their work. And I can tell in about three or four minutes if they know what they're doing when they're calling a football game because there are so many ways to get tripped up in football. Basketball is the easiest to call. You just follow the ball and where it is on the court. Hockey is really, really fast. It's like basketball on steroids. Baseball is much more of a fill time. There's a rhythm to baseball on the radio especially where you're calling the action, here's the pitch, and it's high, ball one. Now what? You know, and then and it'll throw to first and the runner back. Now what? I mean, so you've got to fill a lot of time. There's a lot of storytelling, a lot of um, – recapping of what's happened before, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I would say the hardest is football. The easiest is basketball, baseball somewhere in between, and hockey is somewhere in between too. I was living and working in the Anaheim area at the same time you were there. I had a great job, this listener says, and I love the weather, but it felt good to move back here after being gone for 20 years. We are so blessed to have such a wonderful community. Keep up your good work. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I meant to get to that from uh, yesterday. Uh, demonstrated mastery of a subject usually lends credibility. I doubt if you would listen to me talk about running a radio station. <laughs> okay. Uh, another text says, good luck to Jesse Sullivan beating Pritzker, 102 counties in Illinois. Pritzker only needs to win Cook County. Ask Rauner. And I would say the cost estimates the Muhammad School Board had are probably 40% low, a listener says. With the current cost of new construction going sky high with its supply shortages and what interest rates are they using, will probably be 9 to 10% by this time next year, Dick says. All right, thank you, Dick. I appreciate that. On the text line, presented by Castle Heating and Cooling. Okay, back in a moment here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Ten fifty six on a penny for your thoughts. MX Electric two one seven three five nine seventy two ninety three. Max is the man there in charge. And if you're in need this summer, maybe your power went out, need a generator, he can help with that. If you need a TV installed, if you need to, you got a light switch that went out, got some water in it. I mean, as far as an outlet on your deck or whatever, all of those things are certainly fixable, and he's the man to fix them. 
Max Painter, MX Electric, 217-359-7293. Don't forget the GOP gubernatorial debate. You can hear it tomorrow on the radio, tomorrow night, 7 to 8.30. Several of the candidates for governor here on DWS. I'm up against the clock again. Uh, I've got to yield to the clock back in a moment. On a penny for your thoughts, approaching 11 o'clock rapidly. Boy, that was a fast two hours. Thanks to Ted Dabrowski, Rebecca Richardson for being with us here on a penny for your thoughts. And we look forward to visiting with you tomorrow. A lot of open line time tomorrow. Jim Dye sits in with me as well. We'll talk a little Tolono Fun Day with our friend Diane Ducey. But to all of that tomorrow on a penny for your thoughts. Have a great day. Stay cool. WDWS Champaign-Urbana. <laughs>